Hello and welcome to Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. I am one half of your hosts, Mark. Hey there, I'm the other half, Jamie. <laughs> and you're here on, it's uh, Labor Day. It's going to be kind of a laid back type of podcast this afternoon, this evening. Still drinking coffee. Uh, haven't even posted yet. It is Monday. We are recording it the day we're supposed to be posting this. So if you are listening to it Monday afternoon, how are you doing? Uh, happy Labor Day. Hope you are enjoying your more than likely day off. If you don't have the day off, then you must be an essential human being to the interworkings of the world. So thank you so much for <laughs> sacrificing your day off to oh, make before, sure our world continues on. And before we go too far, hope everybody was safe from the hurricane. We were very, we are in Florida, but we are very blessed that we were nowhere near the hurricane, just dealing with some high tides near our area. Uh, and we also, had a okay. of, we also had a couple of guests in our home, so it we uh, are a little disjointed with wrestling this week. We've still uh, yet to even watch Payback yet. We have looked up the results. We've seen everything that has happened. Didn't watch Raw. Didn't watch SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, we're going. We're cruising. We are. We're we're going pretty hot here. <laughs> um, but we are talking pay per views today. We will yep, be talking. We did watch all bit, out a little bit of the Payback, but we'll also be talking about All Out AEW's second pay per view within a week. The uh, so far it's been. Less than 24 hours, and we haven't heard of anybody punching anybody, throwing chairs, pushing anyone, in fearing of their life. So huh. All Out seems to have you know? gone <laughs> swimmingly. Uh, I, I think the best way to describe it, as soon as All Out started, Mark was like, okay, this kind of feels like dynamite. And I can understand the sentiment because it was like there wasn't a whole lot of story, especially for us having family. We missed a lot of things. So it didn't seem like there was just like a lot of story. Yeah, and we like were a very lot disconnected of what was going on. Yeah, like behind the matches for All Out. But after a few minutes, it was honestly a complete the crowd really brought like another dynamic. Well, I think it was after the zero hours when really they really started to get. Yeah, hot. I think before then it was that classic like this is why you have the zero hour is so when you get into build your, up. your first match, your your crowd's at least there. Exactly, you know what I mean. They're already accustomed um, to a match or two, so. And the zero hour was great. I mean, the battle royale they had the what over budget battle royale. I loved was it. Was classic AEW battle royale. You had gimmicks here. You had bat. You know. People that were targeted amongst all of uh, the entire Royal R or the entire Rumble. Sorry, I'm tripping over my own words here. Uh, Tony Nese gets thrown out in the beginning. Uh, we had that was great. It, it was just it was a real fun hour. It was it was a good way for you and I, especially with the, the condition we were in, trying to catch up on wrestling at this exactly point, to just, uh, to just into get this. into it. Yeah, we hadn't watched a lick of wrestling for what four or five days exactly. at that point. So we were. Trying to catch up on everything. Watching this was really fun. Uh, Hangman winning was just like a fun way to like get the crowd going too because eventually and, and gotta, they announced that he gave $50,000 to like the public general schools of education, Chicago. Which I yeah. thought was, it was the greatest thing they could have done because it was so right down the middle of the yeah, road. Yeah, so you could, neutral. You could, you could have gone one way and given it to one charity that would would ir irritate everybody exactly. or put it on the other side and, and put it over there and exactly. irritate the other half. But I loved how they were like, nope, it's for education. It's for the kids. It's like, who's going to be mad about yeah. that? Doesn't matter Left, what right, kind of kid. Center. Yeah, it, it's for the kids. So great job there. $50,000 the going. going there. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. It, it went yeah, directly to Chicago's fantastic. school system. Exactly. But um, not to get away from what I was saying, but going back to what I was saying earlier, uh after a little bit, it started to get really fun and really exciting. And looking through the matches, you were like, hold on, like, think about what's going to be happening here. And I think the best way to describe it was all in was for the executives, for yep. the producers, it for was the, the big, flashy, the WrestleMania, over the top WrestleMania yeah, overproduced, style. yeah, 90,000, 80,000, you know, right. people. All out 
was for the fans. Right. That was for the storyline. Yeah, that was for the storyline. That was the matches that we're going to walk away from as match of the year contenders as opposed to All In, which was a great show. Oh, it was an amazing show. It was fantastic, but All Out really stood out to me as the better show of the two. So opening up All Out was MJF and Adam Cole, better than you, baby, defending the ROH World Tag Titles against Dark Order of Silver, uh, John Silver and... Uh, Alex Reynolds. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, number one, so glad to see Dark Order finally getting a little bit more TV Agreed. time. Uh, little I think- heel... Tendencies, well, heat, which I like it. I, I like. think I think they 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 do great in that, and they've been so much of a joke faction for so long. I don't want right. to say a joke faction like they've been all. They're funny guys, so I think people don't take them seriously. Well, ever since Brody Lee ended up passing away, I feel like it, the the steam got taken out of it. You know, what right? I mean? They weren't big and spooky anymore. They were just kind of a little bit silly, which I think worked for them. I kept them relevant. It kept them in people's good graces for the entire time, even though they weren't on TV wrestling every time, but they were on uh, on Dark, they were on Elevation. Uh, when uh, uh, Ring of Honor came back, they were on Ring of Honor a couple of times. Um, They've had a good rivalry with like The Righteous and Stu, and ever right. since like that whole thing at the ROH pay-per-view, it's like They've they have like another... Serious. They've yeah. been back, in, back into that... More steam that, behind you them. You know, join the Dark Order because we're going to be spoopy and, and beat you up more yeah. of like the, the house of black kind of right the uh, backstage interviews have been really good uh evil uno is just so good like the way that he talks and the way that he presents himself and like you said the whole they're back definitely to like join the dark order you know definitely an individual that when you first see him you kind of i think everybody would look much like orange cassidy look at him like what do we what do we do when he's an overweight guy in a in a mask named Evil Uno, and then he gets in the ring and he throws you around like you're a rag doll and performs like a top-tier wrestler. Yeah, i.e. when he fought John Moxley. Right, right. <laughs> um, so they started off this this match. It was There's no bells or whistles on any of this. It was a real good back and forth between the two teams. Uh, better than you, Bebe, ended up retaining. Uh, we got the kangaroo kick. We got the kangaroo kick. We got the cliche. You know, the one of the partner line. gets hurt halfway through, so the other one has to carry him for the majority of the right. time, which... May have just been a trope. It may be something to kind of sprinkle in for later on storyline. You yeah. know, MG, this may Max, affect... you're always getting injured. You're always, yeah. you, know, why, you know, you can't be defending the world title and the tag titles at the same time. You got to choose, you know, and kind of creating some animosity there. Either way, they put on a great match. Um, Dark Order holding up just as strong as, as these two are. Obviously, the fan favorite's going to go over. We're not done with the with the Adam Cole MJF right. storyline. I hope they go to ROH and like defend these titles and like really they need to do it the they way that to. they should. And the way that they're selling him or how MJF is portraying that he's your scumbag, right? You know, he's doing the good guy things. He's enjoying having friends. He's enjoying going out and doing charity work. You know, so I think that it's going to play really well into the character that he is. Of oh. Of course I'm going to go to this podunk wrestling rink with all these pores yeah. that can't afford real wrestling tickets. So I they go to this, this like, the, the B-rate version. I could see him being like, oh, I inspire I'm the here people for at them. ROH to be better, to right? be a that, champion yeah, they like need, me. Or, they, you know? need, they need perfection like someone like yeah. like me to be they around them. guidance. They'll never be as good, but they can strive to be you exactly. know, barely good. He'll turn it around no matter what oh, he does. Oh, it's so good. And Adam Cole deserves to be able to actually go to ROH and defend it like that, too, especially with them like teasing the kingdom. And yeah, I think the kingdom is going to be a factor here coming up shortly. Uh Um, I don't they've got the the tournament for the for MJF's belt 
uh, and Rod- Roddy Strong is going to be Roddy Strong. Roderick Strong is going to be involved in that. <laughs> he's still got the neck brace on, so I'm not sure if he's going to shed that by the time that that tournament. No, starts, I think but... he's going to he's going to he's got the long run on this one. He oh. literally's got pictures of him on the plane with a neck brace I know, on. It's so good. He's going to Indies. He's got the neck brace on. It's like... Mark Sterling esque. It's yeah, so good. it's good. It's good. But I think the biggest <laughs> thing to take away from here is they won against Dark Order. Uh, very little storyline between Adam Cole and MJF as for like any animosity short of him sure. being injured. Um, but as they were leaving, a uh, certain Samoa Joe came down, had, wanted to have his fight sooner rather than later. And as he crossed paths with MJF, ended uh, pushing him a little bit out of the way. A little reminiscent to something that was what about seven, eight years ago in NXT. Yeah, he was a MJF was a security guard, and yep. you know Samoa Joe did something very similar, and actually MJF responded on Twitter to that, saying something that close to the effect of "I'm not that little scrawny guy that was back in NXT." Right. Uh so I I could see a Samoa Joe and MJF feud for the world <laughs> Again, title. Again, as we always say, just the just the back and forth between Samoa Joe and MJF would be nasty. Oh, it would be so good. And they can both back it up, so... But I don't think we're going to be seeing great. that just yet. This is great. We haven't even spoken about the elephant in the room. Do I even bring that up? Yeah, go ahead. We love elephants. CM Punk got fired, CM guys. Punk got fired, and if you want me to get... You, I mean, if you want to bring that elephant... We only have a limited amount of time to record, so we, we might have we to We got Labor Day out. barbecues and things like that. But. If, if I can go on the tangent... We can't go too deep, but... I'll, I'll go as deep... Okay. All right. So here's my thing. I've made it very clear in my, in, in my life, I grew up in a punk rock world. I grew up DIY. I grew up learning things and questioning things and learning when to question things. I'm a CM Punk fan. And the reason why I'm a CM Punk fan is because he's very similar to how I felt as a young individual. So I can relate to the man. So as he came into AEW, I started to kind of cling on to a or to CM Punk and be like, Hey, maybe he's, he's been right this entire time. You know, he's going to come into this company. He's going to do great for wrestling. And he did for it. We were, we were there for MJF and CM Punk in the dog collar match at revolution. That, that was peak uh, CM Punk when in AEW, yeah, for sure. the same day that William Regal debuted. And that's going to come back here in a second. To see CM Punk in the status that he is now after All In, one of the biggest pay-per-views, the biggest paid attendance and grossing. You said this last week, and I corrected you, and I was actually incorrect, that it is the biggest not only attended with paid people, as well as the biggest grossing pay-per-view of all time. And how in the fuck are you going to tarnish it five minutes before the start of the goddamn show? You are the opening match and there's problems you were supposed to there's be problems. a beacon of fucking light for these young, right. these young stars and what exactly. are you doing you're pushing them and putting them into a fucking headlock asking yep. them they got a problem i am 36 a years 44 old. year old man is fighting a 26 year old <sighs> kid and i'm Come sorry on, man. how the fuck do you sit there and <laughs> bitch so he how the fuck do you sit there and not shake the hand of a legend like william regal because he was quote unquote one of triple h's stooges back in wwe when you came to the company aew to basically do better than wwe which is exactly what william regal's trying to do is doing better than what he's been given before right how the fuck do you basically spit in that man's face right after because everything you're he's a done fucking crybaby because you can't get over the idea that corporate america got one over on you and right. tried to prove you wrong at every fucking yeah. step and now you have a fucking 
a big old bruise on your hiney. And now that you're in a company that has the capabilities of doing exactly what you've been striving to do, what every punk rock kid has strived to do and just come over the top of that corporate bullshit. And you're going to spit in the face of the only company that's going to attempt to do that. And they're letting you be the leader. Ah. They're letting you be the leader of this new show that they've created where you and don't deserve it. You and your friends are running it. And it's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. But now here we are all out a year in later, Chicago, a year later from from the, one of the worst pay-per-view outcomes of all time. And we're doing it again. Unbelievable. Absolutely fucking insane. Unbelievable. Now, this is where it ties back to Samoa Joe, because, again, CM Punk and Samoa Joe opened up all out. So this uh, this whole here we go all in brawl, whatever right. brawl in, was brawl between out. Jack Perry, who had the last zero hour match with Hook and CM Punk, who which was, was a fucking up. banger of a match. Like, eat a I dick. loved it. What the shit? What a good match. Oh, what did he say? Cry me a river. Well, he, You're a man. Cry You're that grown that, that man. boy's going to be crying tears in his Pepsi because he doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> That is going to be my and, and only. You know what? Oh, Good on Tony Khan for doing it. For finally pulling his bag, his balls out of CM Punk's purse. Whether you're a fan of CM Punk or not, it was the right move. You know what? Here's here's here is coffee and wrestling's finally st- final stance on this. Yeah, and you've heard we'll you've heard what I what I just went on. I that's a, that's a personal mark at Gunk Dudley on Twitter. Bring it up with me if you got a problem. <laughs> Come on with you it. You got a problem? Um, Yo, I'll solve yeah, it. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> it, here, here's how it is. We want, we always look at the positive of wrestling. We all, we always know that there's going to be a negative. People are going to fuck up. People in real life are going to say things that are un, un, just unethical and yeah. just not good. In, in the, in the broad spectrum of things, in the two years that Phil Brooks was involved in AEW, he did some really good things. If you subtract anything that wasn't on AEW programming, if you get away from the dirt sheets, if you get away from the podcasts, if you get away from Twitter, you just look at at professional wrestling in AEW as a whole, he has done great things. It was a good two-year run. Thanks for your work. See you on your future endeavors. And, and All Out proved, yeah, we we can. We can move on. Yep, and and that's what we're going to do here at Coffee Wrestling. That's, that's the last thing I will ever say of it on Coffee and Wrestling-related media. Uh, it, it looks like it was... A, all out seemed to me like a turning for the company. It's it's the same thing that happened after the brawl out. Yep. Was the immediate pay-per-view following was just a whole turning of events and a a reliability on the group that you have to pull everybody together to go away from all the dirt sheep drama right. and all the the brawl out and the backstage bullshit and put on the best damn show and you put, could on best put on the best show and uh, you cannot say you can't have done something like this without thanking Brian Danielson, somebody who was injured, who literally was like, I got you. John Moxley, who literally still never got that vacation. Yep. Still waiting like, on that six Khan, weeks off. I got you. Like, it's been incredible that the people that you there, you really can rely on the Chris Jericho's, you know, that are there when Everything is needed, and right. everybody when shit hits the overperformed fan, at when all. When shit out. hits the fan, they stand there, they get it on their face, and they go, "Nope, we're still going." They really did that. Case in point, this strap match that was set up. Like, oh my god, I don't know. It, it, 
if it was actually set up last minute, like what exactly happened? Obviously, Ricky Starks was supposed to have this up and coming rivalry mm-hmm. with CM Punk. And at the last minute, there was uh, some change of plans between what was supposed to be. It was insinuated Ricky the Steamboat. Uh, yeah, it had been, it'd been insinuated the entire time. And I'm sure it was going right. to be one of those things that CM Punk was going to come out. Um, it, it was supposed to be CM Punk and Ricky Starks. Uh, they've came out and already said that he didn't even under, he didn't know that the change was happening until Saturday. They never said what time during Saturday, but right the day of the uh, or the day before the pay per view, that's when they found out that they're going from CM Punk to Brian Danielson. Who's that? Who found out? Ricky Starks. Oh, okay, so he didn't know either. He had no idea. Um, wow. You, you got to remember, we didn't hear about CM Punk being fired until what, like halfway through last week. Well, it so, was like it was the day of collision, wasn't it? I think it was Saturday. That's awkward. Probably, yeah, yeah, because that's right. Because they, because Tony Khan had a meeting before Collision, um, but yeah, Ricky Starks had no idea up until like a little bit more than twenty four hours, and then in the press conference following their match, like beyond the idea of how good of a match this strap match was, Brian Danielson, one of like people consider him quite possibly the greatest wrestler of all time, let alone of modern day wrestling. Unless you're Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he came and said, you know, all of this was possible because Ricky Starks carried me through the match. Like, he never said that his his arm was completely healed. He still had a cast on it. He said he there was, was a lot wrestling. of smoke and mirrors. He said there was a lot of smoke and mirrors, but he said he, and the words out of his mouth was that Ricky Starks carried Brian Danielson <laughs> Which is crazy. All out. Ricky Starks got the ass whooping of a lifetime. Oh, yeah. Like the entire time I was like, damn. Like he probably knew damn well when they said, oh, by the way, it's going to be Brian Danielson. He probably knew instantly. Shit. I don't don't know if he did because some (laughs) of those strap shots he took, I was looking at Ricky's face and it was, it was, I mean, they're strapped. Did you see his back? If you haven't looked at looked at his back, go on his Instagram. I think it was on his Instagram or Twitter. Boy is lit up. Lit up, red marks everywhere, big wide ones, skinny dark ones. Like he is lit up, but I I gotta give it to these two. These two in in such short notice. Now they put on a hell of a match on, a, on with ver- with less than forty eight hours notice on one of AEW's biggest pay per views, mm-hmm. and you have one of the biggest wrestling stars of our modern age again, maybe of all time taking on somebody who has been compared to The Rock in his mannerisms and how he carries himself and how The Rock kind of should have started. I, it, it, it's, Ooh, that's awesome. I just looked at that picture, you by the way. That picture? Oh. It's just, it's crazy. It was such oh, a good match. The they did too. such a great job taking a shitty situation and turning mm-hmm. it into something they that did. is going to be talked as possibly one of the matches of the year. Oh, absolutely. Turning around, like I said before, making it a positive situation. When the AEW locker room is in dire need of a turnaround, like they are just so good they at are coming the, back better than ever. They are that magic juice that Jordan pulls out in the middle in halftime at Space Jam. Yeah, for real. Uh, and they've and it's been documented. <laughs> the, you know, Mox is, we, we made jokes about how he still hasn't gone on vacation. He's stepped up. Uh, Danielson's obviously stepped up. Pretty much all of BCC is, is known for being those individuals that step, step up when shit hits the fan and yeah. somebody needs to step up. So good on them. Great match. Uh, 
for what it was for it seemed like that this was planned out for weeks oh yeah it seems like it was well rehearsed and planned out um it, it was it was great i mean it was one of those matches where like the entire time you weren't thinking about anything but again the ass whooping they were giving right. to each other so i during the pay-per-view i wasn't thinking about cm punk Except for the couple times that there were references you could see in the crowd. Right. It was right. really just thinking like this is this is a great match. This is a great story. This is great wrestling. They really did a great job detracting away from the controversy of all in. Yeah. And just focusing on the magic that was all out. Mm-hmm. They did their best. But Tony Khan addressed the head on too, which was nice. They weren't afraid to address it. They weren't afraid to say what actually happened. But it was, again, a revolutionary thing where we just kind of keep going, and they really, again, overperformed. It was fantastic. There was a very unexpected, almost last-minute setup of a match between FTR and Young Bucks, who were teaming up together. Very interesting. that They just fought each other a week prior. Now here they are teaming up. Right. Versus Bullet Club Gold, the absolute leaders I've, I've of fallen, Collision. I have fallen in love with BCG. And all of them equally. Like, the guns... We've been able to, uh, at least Mark and I have been able to like. Oh, we've been in love with the guns since they've debuted. Grow since they've been together since COVID, mm-hmm. since all that. When like, they first really showed up, when they first showed up, they were on the outskirts of the ring when uh, COVID hit, and it was just in Jacksonville. They were always hyping up the uh, the matches, the wrestlers in the ring. Uh, they more Austin and uh, Billy than Colton. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Colton wasn't really too. He wasn't around then. None of them really known. They were just Billy Gunn's kids. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. Uh, they when they debuted, they did exactly what they needed to do. They were annoying. They were like, "Oh, these two idiots! They're Billy Gunn's son." They had that same son thing, and they rolled with that arrogance, <laughs> and then they turned into a, an okay, like a, you know, dark tag team. Like you know, they were always all on dark and elevation. And we've watched them develop into like in the spotlight of Collision with now with you know, and obviously getting put with Bullet Club Gold has just brought them to the top of the heel list in on collision but i think it's been great for him and as this it's been great for both i think the guns have even made juice and jay look better too oh yeah it's such a collaborative two more cronies for jay to just have you know rubbing his back and lifting him up after i love he it wins. and then the four of them doing the entrance oh it's so good so good i love the and and it, it, it might be something to be akin to you know billy gunn was has been in the industry for what 30 years so he knows a thing or two but I, I love the visual they do with the water mm-hmm. where they, you know, they're spitting shooting like the they're shooting the guns. It's just, it's something simple. It's stupid. And I remember the first time we saw it, you and I rewound it and we're like, that's such like, it's so like just those little yeah, things. I watched it like thing. 10 times on Twitter, uh, which if you don't follow us, by the way, we are at CAW Wrestling Pod. Um, I legitimately watched it like 10 times over because I was like, damn, that was so good. They had like the many men when they first like were oh really God, getting right. into the that, good that entrance. Song. So unique. You got uh, Juice Robinson looking like uh, what a is dog? it? No, that that cereal. <laughs> oh, uh, oh my God! Honeycomb Smacks yeah. or something <laughs> yeah. like that. That crazy ass fuzzball <laughs> that was just spazzed out on sugar all the time. Yeah, that is Juice Robinson. One hundred percent. Yeah, that is one hundred percent him. Talk uh, but, about overperforming. That dude never underperforms. I mean, in all all eight of these guys, like, and I, I think it fell a little bit. Victim to there's so many so many guys in the ring that it's hard to really get a good focus on what's going on without excluding the other six guys. It, understandable, but I mean it was a really solid match. 
And I mean, it does nothing but good things for Bullet Club Gold. I mean, for it's sure. always a good thing when you get a win on a pay-per-view and you get to showcase your entire like faction. They got the win over not only the EVPs of AEW, but the AEW Tag Team Champions, and they pinned one of the AEW Tag Team Champions. So, of course, that sets up, you know, just bragging rights for, for Bullet Club, but then it also sets up a little bit more storyline between the Young Bucks and FTR because they're kind of buddy-buddy right now, and it's right. weird. They just had this this big, quote-unquote, knockout, drag-out match, and now all of a sudden we're buddy-buddy just because we got, yeah. you know, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. You know, and it's... <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm not like. What are we doing with it? Like if, I, I I don't know. It was fun though. Like one thing we haven't touched on, and I really enjoyed was the fact that FTR and the Young Bucks were like finishing each other's fi- moves. That was finishers. a pretty cool touch. Like it was, it they've, was they've done like they've wrestled each other so many times. They are they know each other that well. Yeah, like I got you on the shatter machine. You know, you got you on the BTE trigger. It was just really cool. Like. One of each tag, like guy from each tag team, just like stood we, in for the other. But what do we see in the the uh, the beginning of the FT Elite? <laughs> the FT Elite. I don't know. Kind of like again, not to be that guy. Kind of awkward. Like CM Punk gets fired, and then here we are. They're all of a sudden buddy buddy with the Young Bucks. Right? Like, oh like- man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not welcome on Collision anymore. Oh, another her- thing that I heard today. Uh, you know, because internet. Uh, the the. It, it's unofficially announced that the uh, the soft split between Collision and Dynamite is going to be ending oh, very oh, soon. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's just, I I hope they don't come out and say something because then it's like, okay, you're just you're you're just putting the stamp on. Yes, Tony Khan gave CM Punk this whole show. Yeah, you and... don't have to you don't have to say anything though. We all know. No, I we mean, literally this guy got in trouble and then they gave him his own show and they were like, put whoever you want on it. And then everybody then he didn't trouble. like got banned. And they all got <laughs> mad about it. And I wonder why, you know Understandable. what I mean? This is my cool kids club Saturday night. That's ridiculous. Fever. I hope Colt Cabana Elton gets John. all the time he wants and it's on collision. Well, I mean, they even the, <laughs> the first time that he wasn't with the company, like it had, they had the young bucks were on there. There was a bunch of, there was a couple of people that were on there. That are never been on collision before, right? So, it, it opens up so much more. Like, why not? It shouldn't be. FTR like has got to be in a real weird spot though, because I mean, I know that both Dax and Cash are good friends with CM Punk, and right. you know, personal relationships are personal relationships, and you got to support your friends when you gotta support them, right? But you know, it's got to put them in a real spot, you know, because you're friends with this guy, so you want to kind of be on their side, but it, you can't sit there and tell me that you don't look at the situation to go, yeah, but maybe you could have done something a little exactly, bit different. You like, know what I mean? Like yeah, when, but... when your buddy, like, you know, he breaks <laughs> that window at your, at, at that place you're hanging out at. And it's like, you know, you could have not done that. Like I got you, but why? Yeah. Like I, you do that? I got you out of there, but man, now I'm involved. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> I'm an accessory to this crime. <laughs> it just, you know, it puts, it, I don't know. It, it, well, well, I guess we'll be seeing as we go forward, but yeah, that, it's interesting. The young bucks and FTR, a real chummy all of a sudden. Like instantly, like overnight. And I'm not implying like, hey. anything. I'm not implying anything at all. <laughs> I just find it ironic that they all of a sudden are buddy-buddy the minute uh-huh. CM Punk gets fired. So Brian Danielson took on Ricky Starks. Yes. Claudio and Wheeler took on Eddie and Shibata. Yes. So the only, the only f- missing member of the BCC that didn't have a match yet was John Moxley. Mr. No Days Off. He was in the main event with, by God, I give the AEW champion. Less, the champion uh, fuck a roman reigns i know fuck a john cena fuck a whoever else 31 defenses 
I'm thinking 326 days or something. Three, yeah, just shy of a year, but th- fuck, 31 defenses. It's incredible. I absolutely loved his reign. The backpack so got sad. too heavy, unfortunately. So sad to see the belt come off of Orange Cassidy, but I couldn't see it happening anywhere else. I couldn't and have I, seen it happen by a better guy, though. Too. And we even like, have that. We've even had that conversation. Who would take the belt? Like who's who was? How could you wor- end this? Who was worthy enough to end exactly. the, the orange streak? And it's so important that it was a good person after all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the way they did it, like. It was interesting because what happened was, let's be real here, Mark got tired and he went to bed. Yes. And I watched the main event by myself and Mark watched it in the morning by himself. Yes. So we were able to kind of have like no our own opinions. No distractions. No, neither of us knew the winner. We just were able to watch it by ourselves and get like a pure, genuine reaction. And I woke up and Mark was on like the last minute and a half two yep. minutes and i was like oh perfect and i sat there and he was like oh i can totally see orange is gonna win this this is gonna be so good yeah I, this is such a good opportunity for orange i mean what better way to put him over than right. win over john moxley and yep. you're just talking about it and you're saying all the things i'm saying to myself as i'm watching this to my by myself you know the, the night, night before. before and then john wins and you look at me and you're like okay so good that was so, it was good. so good, and I'm, I'm, and I thought I'm the same so exact happy. thing. I'm so happy I was wrong. I'm so happy same. we didn't even get to do our predictions on this one. But I had Orange Cassidy pegged to winning this one, and I'm, oh, 100%. I'm, I'm ecstatic that it went the way that it was. I'm never upset when I'm wrong. Like it's not like I said, I sit here and like I only missed two of them. This I can care less. I like to be wrong on this. I I, I was. Couldn't have been happier with this match. No. Great match between both the men. You've got John Moxley, who is already a guy that will drive forks into people's heads. He'll have skewers sticking out of his, glass, barbed wire. And then you have Orange Cassidy, who is like the most doubted guy on the AEW roster that has come the furthest. Didn't even he didn't go any any further. Just people realized how good of a performer Orange Cassidy really is. Yeah, beyond the gimmick. And this championship run really solidified that for anybody who had any doubts 31 consecutive defenses 32 defenses with one loss right and he lost against the probably other than chris jericho the top guy in aew right now maybe not or chris jericho not even right now i misspoke but honest to god like Great way to end this pay-per-view. Ended it on I such it. a high. And, and the they get- story, like the performance, it wasn't just the wrestling, because the wrestling was, of course, very important. But it was the ending that I thought was fantastic, because John won, and he looked back, and he was like, fuck. Like, like he, he was he, shook. Yeah, like it, it. he didn't realize how hard he was going to have to work to get that belt. Like you get like he ran that match ninety percent of the match, Orange Cassidy just took an ass whooping. He did, but he kept getting up, and I think that was the 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 cherry on the top of this. It's thirty one defenses. He has been nursing injuries since well before half of those defenses. Right, his hand and was still mes- messed every up. week coming out. Yep, his neck was messed up. His shoulder was messed up, and every week coming out with that backpack. Every week leaving with that backpack with that championship, and just. To put an ending on on that story of this championship the way that they did, I I can't see how they couldn't have done any better. No, the story was fantastic. And it doesn't have to be a three-year reign. 
you know, to be able to tell a fantastic story, you can sum something up just that quickly and put somebody over that quickly that Orange Cassidy will forever have. Nobody would ever be surprised if he walked away with the world championship in AEW now because of how well he performed with that championship. He's defended before. Nobody would have ever thought that he would have been worthy of that. The only person that's defended that many times is Jade Cargill in AEW. Right. So I mean, and her her streak was one of legends already in, exactly. in, in the AEW sphere. Exactly. So in four years, two incredible champions for sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's going to do it for us this episode. I know it's kind of a short one. There's been so much wrestling. There has been so much going on between hurricanes and wrestling and family showing up at our house unexpectedly. It's just been a lot. So we've had a heck of a week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at CAW Wrestling Pod, where we tweet most most weeks. This week was kind of a hit or miss, but uh, bear with us. Here. We get we uh, we live tweet on any uh, WWE Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, pay per views, NJPW, Impact, whatever we whatever we fancy in re- in the wrestling sphere. This week, uh, you can find me on Twitter or X. I'm sorry, I keep calling it Twitter. I always Twitter. call it Twitter. You can find me on X. At Gunk Dudley, <laughs> and I'm at a bacon party, and I don't I don't know what that means. It just sounded party? cool. Yeah, I think you said that like the first time we had ever mentioned our own personal. Yeah, Twitter I, handle. I was just driving one day, and I thought, you know what? Who wouldn't want to go to a bacon party? Well, I'm surprised nobody's questioned <laughs> Maybe me. Maybe a vegan. I'm, I'm surprised nobody's <laughs> questioned me as to why I claim I'm a Dudley or a Gunk. I think the Dudley makes a little bit more volatile than the Gunk people. Well, the Dudley makes sense for the wrestling. <laughs> yeah, but it has nothing to do with. Technically wrestling. (laughs) At any rate, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you tune in every Monday for a piping fresh hot cup of coffee and wrestling, (laughs) a wrestling podcast. We we post every Monday morning at 4 o'clock in the morning, so it's there when you wake up. This one will be here Wednesday. I think I'm getting delirious. I haven't had enough coffee. (laughs) Thank you you so much for joining us. We'll see you in the next episode. Somebody's got to bleed. He no, didn't bleed it's this one. Be John. He didn't bleed this time. Oh, he bled. That was orange. That was all orange. They both bled. I don't remember. I don't remember John bleeding at all. Really? We'll have to go back and check the tape. Okay. <laughs> there, there is no such thing as tape. As John Moxley having a match. Two, I have two rolls of tape right here. What? Why are you? Just keep going. Just keep going. I'll edit it. And I'll change it back. Oh, uh, I don't even know where to go. <laughs> 